0: Hey, welcome back, everybody. If this is your first time here at East Brainerd, we are so glad that you are here. And I want to echo what Sean has already said about stopping by our Connect Center to find out different things that are going on here, different ways that you can uh, also be for Chattanooga. We want to encourage you to participate and join us as we uh, strive to share the good news of Jesus. Uh, We began talking last week on this subject of of good news and one of the things that we said right off the bat was that you know what our world is filled with a lot of bad news and that's just kind of how it goes it's the truth and it seems like every time you know you get something in your Twitter feed every time you get something across social media it just seems like you're reminded over and over again that we live in a world that is in constant chaos and I really thought that this week was going to be different. I thought this week was going to be different And up until about three or four seconds left in the ball game, it was. (sighs) But I've got bad news. I've got bad news. It is football time in Tennessee, but that's not the bad news. The bad news is Scrappy's going to Knoxville next week, guys. I mean, you think it's been bad so far. Lose to UTC. Man. Hey, get that off the screen. Go ahead, get that, take that away. Hey, Jesus asked his followers to believe good news, okay? He asked his followers to believe good news. Did you know that Jesus never asked anyone to be a Christian? He didn't. You can Google it. You can try to find it there somewhere in your Bible app. You will not find it. But what he did over and over again ask was that those who would follow him, those who would listen to him, would believe He said, believe in me, believe the good news that I bring. And in fact, when John was finishing up his good news, his gospel of Jesus Christ, he would finish it up by saying, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. Almost 100 times, John, when writing about the life of Jesus, would use the word good news. He would say, we've got good news because Jesus is here. And he says, look, I have tried to focus everything that I've written, I've tried to focus everything I have written on this idea, this principle, that there is good news in Jesus Christ to those who believe. But why is believing that Jesus is the Messiah, why does he say it's so important Why does he put such a focus on it? Well, for John, he says, look, if you believe the good news, then there is life that comes with it. It's not just belief for belief's sake. It is believing so that there can be life. The focus is on the life. And here's how Jesus describes that life. He talked about it. He said it's like a treasure that's hidden in a field. And a man goes and finds that treasure, and then he he buries that treasure, and then with joy goes and buys that field. He's so excited. He says it's also like a merchant looking for fine pearls. And when he has found the one of great value, he goes and sells everything that he has to be able to purchase it. This is how Jesus describes life and the good news. He says there's nothing that compares. There's nothing that competes. In his words, they capture our imagination because on the other side of belief, there is life. Scripture says believe and your life can be empowered by love. Scripture says, believe and your life can know peace. Scripture says, believe and your life can overflow with wisdom. Scripture says, believe and your life can be shaped by justice. Believe and your life can be filled with compassion. And then God is promised, he says, you know what? I will use that life. I will use that life. To impact others. I will use that life to change neighborhoods. To change cities. To change states. To change nations. I will use your life as you become heaven's answer to our world's greatest needs. See the good news of Jesus. The good news of Jesus says that you and I as followers of Jesus are a fulfillment to Jesus kingdom prayer. You remember when Jesus said Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus understood his mission on earth to be the inauguration and the proclamation of this kingdom. He said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God because that is why I was sent. And it's the mission of each and every one of us. All of us who said we believe that Jesus is the son of God. All of us who have been transferred into the kingdom of light. It is our mission to continue that proclamation, leveraging his ministry, leveraging his message to influence the world. Now, we hear a lot about influence these days, especially when it comes to social media. An influencer is said to be an individual who has the power to affect purchase decisions of others because of his or her authority, their knowledge, their position, or their relationship with a particular audience. And you see these influencers in all different areas of life. In fitness, in gaming, in fashion, in travel. They interact with different people along social media platforms. And according to CBS News, Los Angeles-based Influential concluded that the number one influencer of 2018 was Huda Kattan. She is a beauty blogger. She began a company called Huda Beauty. And she is the number one influencer of 2018. And and you can see there on the screen, she has 24.3 million Instagram followers, 2.2 million YouTube subscribers, and an estimated net worth of $545 million. Now, how many of you guys would like to be an influencer? Raise your hand, right? You were like, I didn't know I could do this. I went to college. I had no idea. All of you people in UTC, forget it. All those engineering classes, right? All of that research that you're having to do, all the labs that you're having to go through, uh, walk away from it tomorrow. Take out your phone, right? Take a picture of yourself, and just, just put it out there. It's, it's great. But hey, there, there are different levels of, the, of these influencers. I don't know if you realize this. Uh, you, if you have 5,000 to 100,000 followers, you're, you're a, considered to be a micro-influencer. From 100,000 to a million followers, you're that mid-level. And if you've got over 1 million followers, then you are on the macro level. And now some of you are sitting here going, I have no idea what you're talking about right now. I've never heard of any of this. Well, hold on to your hat because according to the August 2017 Global Digital Stat Shot from We Are Social... It is estimated that 3.028 billion people actively use social media. That's 40% of the world's population. 40% of the world's population. And these individuals inevitably look up to these influencers in social media to guide them in their decision-making process. Uh, The way that Ms. Katan got all of these followers... Kim Kardashian wore a pair of her fake eyelashes and it just went viral, right? That's all that it took. Man, and over 50% of the channels, these YouTube channels and things where these influencers are, uh, they're producing six-figure income. So again, I say, leave UTC. Go ahead, guys, go. Start your own beauty blog. You can do this. I've got faith in you. Oh, man. Hey, but here's the real deal. The real deal. As followers of Jesus, you are an influencer. You are. You are an influencer. And you have the power to influence others, not because of your authority, not because of your knowledge or your position, not because of how good you look on social media, but because of your willingness to embrace the gospel of Jesus Christ. Author and preacher John Ortberg has stated that for many, the most common understanding of gospel is the message of how Jesus came to get us from earth to heaven. And N.T. Wright in his book, Simply Good News, writes that for many, gospel means explaining how to make sure that we arrive in heaven safe and sound. Now I know many of you grew up going to gospel meetings, right? Hey, if you grew up, you know what that means. Just raise your hand if you've ever been to a gospel meeting. Hey, there's the faithful right there if you want to know who they are. And you grew up with gospel preachers. You use that terminology. You know that language. You know what it means. And over time, somehow, the word gospel became religified. Okay? If I can make up my own word. It became to mean something other than what it actually meant. Gospel was this nebulous idea that was out there that if, if I need to be able to get to heaven I need to hear the gospel. If, if I want my friends to be closer to Jesus they need to, to obey the gospel. They need to hear this gospel message from a gospel preacher at a, at a gospel meeting. But the word gospel simply means good news. It's not a plan. It's not a five-step process. It's good news plain and simple. When you see in your Bibles the word gospel, it is actually where English translators chose not to translate the word that was actually written. The the word that was actually written means good news but over time that word became gospel. Because of Old English, Godspell. And so We grew up hearing about gospel meetings and gospel preachers and this gospel and and that gospel and oftentimes wondering what exactly is the gospel and how do I obey the gospel and do I need to talk to somebody about the gospel and the word simply means good news and that news has to do with far more than just eternal salvation. Wright argues instead of suggesting that we could escape the earth and go to heaven, Jesus' good news was about heaven coming to earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The good news, the gospel, is all about what God has accomplished in the past, is accomplishing in the present, and will accomplish in the future. If you say, What is gospel? It's about what God is doing. In the presence of his people. What is gospel? It's what God has done for his people. What is gospel? It's what God is going to do for his people. Jesus understood the good news to be the foundation. To be the foundation of his ministry and his message. And those who followed him, they would build on that foundation a community of believers of overflowing influence. Influence. And beginning in Jerusalem, their ministry and their message would impact the entire Roman Empire to such an extent that in Acts 17 and verse 6, it says, the people who are turning the world upside down have come here. Influence, impact, change, all because of something called good news. Now for over 2,000 years, the followers of Jesus, they would cycle through periods they would cycle through these periods of influence and indifference. And it should not surprise you for me to tell you this morning that the Western church currently has an influence problem. We have an influence problem. In her book, Searching for Sunday, the late Rachel Held Evans lamented that among those in the United States who came to faith around the year 2000, so those individuals that came to a faith, came to a belief in who Jesus Christ it's the year 2000, more than one quarter now claim no religious affiliation at all. And she writes that approximately 8 million young adults will leave the church before their 13th birthday. We are losing our influence not just among those who are adults working with us, living beside us, but we are losing our influence to such an extent that the children are no longer hearing the message of Jesus. That the children are no longer accepting that message and having that message impact them as they go into their teen years. Writers like Dave Kinneman have pointed out how the outsiders view church as irrelevant due to the perception that church has become too political and too much based on consumerism and too hypocritical and guys that's bad news it is the church lost influence when the church lost relevance when the church no longer became relevant in the lives of the people then the influence of the church began to wane but what if heaven's answer what if heaven's answer to our world's lack of faith is Jesus followers rediscovering the gospel well what if the answer is for the people of God to rediscover the good news of God and have it be something that we once again hold to and respond to in Luke chapter 9 there is a scene that's recorded for us where Jesus brings He brings his chosen 12, those initial individuals that he said, look, I'm going to spend time with you. I'm going to pour myself into you. I'm going to talk with you about kingdom. I'm going to share with you insights to this good news. He brings those 12 together. And Luke says that he gave them power and authority to drive out demons and to cure disease. And then he sent them out to proclaim, it says, the kingdom of God And to heal the sick. So so he brings these 12 together and says, look, I'm going to give you the ability to do something amazing. I'm going to give you a ministry and I'm going to give you a message. And I am going to send you out as ambassadors of the kingdom of God. And it says in verse 6 that they set out. They went from village to village and notice what they proclaimed. Jesus says, "I'm going to send you out to talk about the kingdom." And Luke says they went out with good news. When Jesus told them what God was doing, when Jesus explained what God had done, when Jesus said this is what is going to happen, then Luke says those 12, they went out and they said, "Hey guys, we got good news. We've got good news." And here's what here's what jumps out to me. They went out with the gospel. And the gospel kept them from being irrelevant in the lives of the people. And I think it's the same for us today. If the church were to rediscover the gospel, there would be a return of relevance. You see, when the 12 left Jesus, they walked away with a ministry, with a message. When they entered into a village, they brought something tangible, something that could be experienced. When they sat down around the kitchen table, when they were seated there around the hospital bed, they were not marketing or selling the church that they went to. They were proclaiming God's rule by sharing his healing and by sharing hope. Now, I don't don't have to tell you, but our world has a love problem. And our world has an anger problem. And our world has a forgiveness problem. And our world has an acceptance problem. And our world has a value problem and a fear problem. And you know this, our world has a sin problem. And as followers of Jesus, we have good news. We have healing and we have hope in the kingdom of God. We have a ministry and we have a message. And here's what I truly believe. I believe that we have been placed here in Chattanooga by our king to be a kingdom outpost that offers healing. Where straight and gay can struggle with God's standards for discipleship. Where teenagers who are apathetic and angry can vent their frustrations and ask hard questions. Where the divorce can find family. Where the unwanted child can be accepted where the husband who's struggling with lust, or the mom that's struggling with alcohol can find accountability, where forgiveness is offered before it's even asked for. I believe that we have a ministry of healing. And that is why we are here. And I believe that we have been placed right here in Chattanooga by our king to be a kingdom outpost and offer hope. Those who are getting out of prison need mentors and jobs. Why can't we provide both? Job training, biblical teaching, friendship. They have paid their debt and they need to be released from the cycle of incarceration. We have Hispanic brothers and sisters who have, having come to our country, carry a burden of being looked upon as second-class citizens if they're even looked at and considered citizens at all. And your kindness and your handshake and a shared meal can help to ease that oppression. We're in the midst of a culture that is being destroyed by opioid addiction, sexual immorality, and materialism. But there is hope in the midst of all of this darkness because the message of the kingdom is one of power, it's one of purity, and it's one of plenty. Friends, we have good news. We are influencers of the kingdom of God. And the good news of Jesus is as relevant today as it ever has been. There is relevance in Jesus Christ. There is relevance in a ministry of hope. There is relevance in a message of healing. But the church will not regain influence in society. The church will not regain influence in society until the gospel, until the good news regains influence in the church. Michael Horton, in his book, The Gospel Driven Life, he said, You know, the gospel is not just a series of facts to which we yield our assent, but a dramatic narrative that replots our identity. The gospel, the good news, changes everything. But it has to start with me. It has to start with me. I have to, again, hear the good news and believe it. A survey asked Christians in the United States to examine the attitudes and actions of believers. And so the researchers asked, and they said, all right, how many people engage in actions like Jesus? And Jesus-like actions included behaviors such as the following. Regularly choosing to have meals with people with very different faith or morals. So people different. People that you you don't just go to church with all the time. People that you don't necessarily agree with in life choices. How often are people eating with with those individuals? Uh, Another question was asked about trying to discover, do we try to discover the needs of non-Christians rather than waiting for them to to come to church? And the questioners were also asked to consider whether or not they cultivate attitudes like Jesus. So so what were some Jesus' attitudes, and are you following those attitudes? Here were some that were mentioned. I see God-given value in every person, regardless of his or her past or present condition. I believe God is for everyone. Okay, so people were asked, look, do do your actions mirror Jesus? Does, Does your attitude, does it show Jesus? And then questioners were asked to rate themselves in terms of attitudes and actions that were more similar to those of the Pharisees that are read about in the gospels examples include the following i try to avoid spending time with people who are openly gay or lesbian i try to point out those who do not have right theology or doctrine it is not my responsibility to help people who will not help themselves i believe we should stand against those who are opposed to christian values and here are the results one out of every two Christians who took the survey said he or she had actions and attitudes that were more phaeserical than Christ-like. Only one in seven believed he or she acted like or thought like Jesus the majority of the time. How about you? How about me? You see, it appears that we have a Jesus who is attractive We have a Jesus who is attractive, but we wallow in attitudes and actions that are offensive. And as a result, with each passing year, we become more and more irrelevant in our society and our influence suffers. But guys, there's good news. There is good news. Because when the people of God realize that we have a ministry of healing and a message of hope, everyone begins to talk. Everyone begins to talk, not about churches or political parties or hypocrisies, but everyone begins to talk about Jesus. It's right there in your Bible. The same story of Jesus sending out the twelve and what took place, you can find it not only in Luke, but it's also in Mark. And as Mark describes what takes place, he says that that word started getting back to a man by the name of Herod Antipas. And he was recognized by Roman authority as as being the king, the king of the Jews, all right? And it says that Herod Antipas the king soon heard about Jesus because of all these things that were going on, right? It says Herod Antipas the king soon heard about Jesus because everyone was talking about him. Say, wait a minute, how did that happen? How did that happen? Why wasn't everybody talking about the 12? Why wasn't everyone talking about what what they had done? Why wasn't everyone talking about how they had gone and healed? And how that they had been proclaiming this good news? It's because when you have a ministry of healing and a message of hope, the foundation of that message, the foundation of that ministry flows from Jesus Christ. And that is the name that we want people to remember. There are some great ministries going on here at our church. We have individuals involved in some incredible outreaches. We have individuals who who, who are touching lives here in Chattanooga. But we don't want people to remember our church. We don't even care if people remember our ministry. We want people to remember Jesus because 12 influencers get this 12 influencers put the name of Jesus on everyone's tongue in Jerusalem in our church family we number over a thousand and today almost 700 of you are here 700 who have a ministry of healing 700 who have a message of hope and I just wonder in what ways are you going to influence Chattanooga this week How are you going to change Chattanooga? Because you are willing to allow the gospel, the good news, influence you today. Friends, we have a ministry. It's a ministry that says, yes, there is healing. We have a message. A message that says there's hope in the midst of all of this bad news. And the healing and the hope all focus in one place. And that is Jesus Christ. And so if you are a follower of Jesus then you are an influencer. You're an influencer. What are you using your Instagram feeds for? What are you using your YouTube pages for? What are you using your free time for? What what are you using your money for? what are you using your job for? What are you using this time, where you are right here right now, where God has placed you, where God has put your family? It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter if you are male, female, it, it, it doesn't matter where you come from. If you are a follower of Jesus, then you are an influencer, and you have the power to influence others, not because of your authority. Not because of your knowledge. Not because of your position. I've heard people say a lot, you know, I I, I don't know enough. I I haven't been in the church long enough. I I, I don't know what I would say to to people. You have a ministry of healing. You have a message of hope. Can you say Jesus? If you can. Well. Well. Your power to influence others is not because of your authority. It's not because of your knowledge. It's not because of your position. But because of your willingness to believe the good news of Jesus Christ. Friends, we must be a church of influence. It's why we have been put here. It's why God has placed us here in Chattanooga today. But in order to be a church of influence, we must be a church of relevance. And that relevance means reclaiming the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, that God has been working in the past, he is working now, he is going to be working in the future, and that we have a ministry of healing and a message of hope that we believe everyone needs to hear. And so if you're here for the first time and you have never heard about this message, and you've never heard about this ministry, I would love to meet with you out in the lobby. I'm going to be standing out there when we're all said and done. And I would love for you to come up and say, hey, I really never heard about this. I never heard about this church stuff. I never heard about uh, this Jesus thing. I'd love to talk with you about that. Love to be able to have that opportunity. And I don't know, maybe you were here today because of the ministry of healing maybe you're here today because of the message of hope and you have come here today because you want to declare perhaps in front of all these people that you believe that jesus christ is truly the son of god then we want to rejoice with you we want to give you that opportunity maybe you came here today because you say you know what i want to be baptized into christ i want to be able to start over and, and I've been reading about this idea of baptism, and, and I've been praying about it. And I want to have a new beginning, and I want to submit myself to God and trust Him for my life and for my salvation. Then can, can, can we move this banner out of the way so that everybody can get a clear view of the baptistry that's back here? Then, and, and can we rejoice as you come into the water, and then as you leave, inspired, renewed, and filled with the Spirit of God? Friends, there's good news. Our world's filled with a lot of bad. But you have a ministry of healing. And you have a message of hope. Will you join me in sharing that? Will you respond to it? Will you believe it today? Why don't you come and declare it as we stand and give God praise.